CBS Sports presents the Pick 6 Podcast, featuring CBS NFL writers Pete Prisco and Will Brimson, NFL insider Jason Lockenfora, and host Nick Costos. You want NFL talk? We've got NFL talk. From training camp to the Super Bowl and through the NFL draft, our fearsome foursome has you covered. This is the Pick 6 Podcast. Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast Divisional Round Edition. Will Brinson, Nick Costos, Pete Prisco, and Jason Lockenfora. We have all four of us here today, just like we did on Sunday to recap it. We promise there will be screaming over one another as we break down the picks for the Divisional Round. Ah! Remember, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. In fact, why don't you tell us who your favorite member of the podcast is with your review and why? Um, leave a five star. I like that. There's a guy who left a who was like all this guy does is fish for compliments. It's unbelievable, right, Pete? This guy Will Brunson. Yeah. Please, please, well, please, knows, please tell he me he knows what's going to happen. They're going to rip me and Jason because they they I hate need a us. Gold star. And and you're the loud mouth, so they're going to hate you. And then they're going to like the little calm little guy, the softy in the corner over there. That's what you he's know doing. what it is. Brinson's mad. It's like the it's like the Patriot of the Week. It's like Belichick never giving Brady the Patriot the of the Week. Nobody will ever give Brinson. Well, we're going to give you the, the pick award. six player of the week, Will Brinson, so you can put that up behind you where you got your little picture back there behind and you. You know what? I will um, I will I will celebrate it the same way Jalen Hurts celebrates his national championship trophy. You'll be smiling even though you got benched. But so this is this is my favorite recent review. And again, you can go to review. Also, you didn't let me finish the promo stuff. It's fine. Pick six pod at pick six pod on Twitter. We've got a SoundCloud account that you can get the some of the clips up before they even air. I think Bill Cower, who we're going to talk to shortly, Coach Bill Cower from the NFL Today. You can watch Coach Cower, Boomer, Phil, JB, Nate Burleson, and Jason Lockenfora on the NFL Today, both Saturday and Sunday. What times are you going to be on, Jason? Uh, we're set to go on around 7.15 Saturday night, as uh, I Before believe Pat's our rundown nights. said. And then Sunday is a regular edition. So Saturday is like a little 25-minute uh, cram job, to be honest with you, between the two games since we have the late game. And then Sunday we uh, are on from noon to 1, as normal, taking you right up to kickoff. All right, so tune in to the NFL Today, 7.15 Eastern p.m. before Pat's Titans on Saturday night. And then again at noon Eastern, the regular edition on CBS. Uh, this is my favorite review that we've gotten in a while because it's January 2nd, 2018. He says, if you like, then you'll love. And he says, if you like listening to four bloated egos disguised as middle-aged man babies bicker at each other with inside jokes like old ladies playing mahjong with a sprinkling of NFL insight, then this is the podcast for you. It's not all bad, though. If you can manage to actually hear these bronze-level media analysis through their maze of remote mics and speakers, you'll be privy to their insider knowledge and weekly picks against the spread, which will guarantee to get your kneecaps busted by your bookie, who will likely sound just like Nick Costos and look like Pete Briscoe. <laughs> who wrote that, Mark Twain? I mean, that's really well written. Yeah, no, but yeah. the best part is the best part is he gave it three stars. So it's like, so it's like, uh, you, it's like that's a nice review. Okay? I mean, like, that's a scathing, hilarious review, but he wasn't like... I would call that fair, but scathing. Yeah, fair. <laughs> I, I would also like to add that, that that Pete Prisco is much closer to elderly than he is middle-aged. Everything else. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Then how, come when we were, how come you always tell me I'm the youngest 57-year-old you've ever met? I'm trying, to make you feel I'm trying to make you feel good in your dying days. I, I, I can't... And how come I can crush you with my bare hands? You I can't have to catch stop. me first, old man. 
I can't stop laughing at the idea of having to like go to your local Best Buy and like pull into a parking lot and like this guy who looks like Pete and talks like Nick. No, he would he would look like me and talk like Doug Marone probably. We should have that guy on. Ask that dude if he wants to do a guest spot. Uh, uh, Juno three one two seven. You're invited anytime, Juno. And uh, this other guy says we have audio problems. Multiple hosts calling in on cell phones. Uh, I think he, he said that's what I said. That's why I listened yesterday. He said the same thing to me. Oh, uh, Matty Boy. What, what do they want? Maybe I mean, Matty only listens to the Jason Lock and Floor Lock segment. Hold, hold, hold on, wait. Let, let, let give Jason the floor here. Go ahead, Jason. No, I'm just saying. Like, what are these people? Do they want the information? Do they want the content? Are they sitting here? Like trying to listen through their Beats audio headphones, like uh, they they want to have their brain massaged or something. What does anybody all worry about the sound quality? Uh, it's, an, I mean, it's an audio well, medium. We got microphones, and I mean, what the hell? I think that it. I think it depends on like when you listen to it and what you do when you listen. Like if I were on a New York subway and um, I was traveling to work early in the morning, I don't know if I'd want to hear. You do the satanic death lock. I mean, like, maybe you. I, I don't know. I mean, like, I'm not. I'm not complaining. I mean, like, you know, sometimes, like, if you listen to podcasts when you work oh, out, he's back. He's he's backtracking. He's backtracking. Oh, would you want your? I'm not. I'm, I'm saying, like, maybe if it's 8 a.m. and you're on a commuter train into like into downtown New York, you don't want to have. You don't. You know, maybe you want some softer music. I'd be listening to like some Grant Green or some. What are uh, you talking about right now? What a loser! Really? Right, right. I love Jason's Lock of the Week. It's my favorite part. Are you, what no, are you trying to do? You trying to steer the... people in other podcasts that you t- retweet all the time? Is that what you're trying to do? <laughs> I mean, do you listen to a podcast because, like, you, you, it's not like uh, you, like, listen to a podcast, at least for me, the way you listen to an album. And you're like, oh, man, Dre produced the hell out of that. Like, right. oh, could you hear the bass and the treble and the tone? And blah, blah. I mean, it's a bunch of dudes talking. Come on. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Like when I, as long as you can understand what they're saying, what the hell? Back, I just got back from doing 60 minutes of pure cardio, no weights. Uh, listening to some podcasts, not this podcast, other podcasts that won't be named. Um, I'm sure Pete knows what they are, but uh, you know, I it, it's nice. I like to, I like the little banter. I like witty banter going on. So let's get to the banter. And again, we'll have Coach Cower here in just a few minutes. Um, but first, we should note that Jason currently leads our playoff picks contest. We're doing pick every game. Against the spread, you get one point if you get it right. Everybody plugs in a best bet, and the best bet is worth two points. And we're going to escalate the points maybe in the conference championships, and then the Super Bowl, we'll figure that out um, on the fly. Well, yeah, you'll rig it. Yeah, because if, if you're losing, then you'll start changing the rules. Well, escalate it. In the game. Okay. Whatever. Whatever. Wait, wait, Will, and just to get it on record here, so this is a separate contest, right? No, it's so not. So you, you and I won no, the not. Super Contest. Look, you can call it a separate contest all you want because – you guys won the Super Contest during the thing, but our whole thing just, carries just over. Stop, I'm going to stop the sentence after you guys won the Super Contest. Well, how come after, how come in week 15 when I was ahead, you were screaming, we're carrying it over! We're carrying it over! You're a human, I don't, think, you're I don't a, think I ever said that. You're a human participation trophy. No, you are. You, you are literally, the, if you looked up human participation trophy in the dictionary, your picture yeah, would show you'll up. You'll find that in a dictionary. And, 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 for, yes, and for those of you that obviously no one can see except for me and Pete who are on Skype, Will is currently wearing a Greg Norman shark polo shirt. It's actually, uh, it's, it's actually worse. It's a Patagonia shirt. So it's, I don't know what that is. You don't know what Patagonia is? I don't. They it's nice it's one of those trendy outdoors things that you, you buy at the – Patagonia's been around for 60 years, Pete. It's trendy. You found a way to make – you and your little your little runaround Will Brinson lookalikes have tr- tended to make it trendy. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, you look like everybody from that show Southern Comfort. You're the same guys. What are you talking about? You've never heard of Patagonia? I haven't. Really? Hey, my man's time. a big green, if you know what I mean. He just bought a BMW, and he never heard him called Beamers before. <laughs> you never heard him called what? Beamers? You... I, 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 I know, honest. And You've never honest. heard that douche drives a Beamer? Somebody say that? <laughs> why, 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 why am I? I got a better one for you. WM4. Jamie, he's in the process of buying the Beamer, and he gets it. And Jamie goes, Jamie texts him and says, hey, did you get a sunroof? And it goes, no, nah, no. So he takes me for a drive in his car the other day. And I go, Nick, sunroof. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, listen, I, I admit that it's ridiculous. I admit that I'm dumb. But A, I know nothing about cars. It's never been an interest of mine. And B, I don't really care. Like, it's cool that I have it. But if I never knew I had it, it wouldn't have affected my life at all. Yeah, sunroofs are really. So wait a minute. They, they, you they had a really sunroof overrated. and you didn't know it? I had the sunroof and I had no idea. Correct. That's pretty, dude. Seriously? Seriously. <laughs> Did, is it an M4? Yes. That's an awesome car. Good for you. Thanks. Um, even, though you called, a, even though you called me a douche for having it. No, no, no it was a, it was a Beamer joke. No, no, it's a really nice. He's got a if nice. You bought, if you bought nice. a three series, I would actually think you were a douche. Why? Yeah, it's it's you know if you're gonna buy a Beamer, gonna get the. Well, I, I, did you and I have this conversation? Because I swear to God, I thought the same. I'm like, should I get a three series? I said, you know what? If I'm gonna get a BMW, I'm not gonna get a. Three Why would you get a three series? Like, you can get yeah. the same. Just get a get a nice Honda Civic if you're gonna get a three series. Um, Pete. Anyway, I got oh, and this, oh, oh, and this was also great. Was Pete trying to explain to me that his Honda is actually a real sports car the other day? I've, look, it is, and I've had Beamers <laughs> like my whole. Li- life. I've had Beamers you my two life. You are spending entirely Listen, too much time. Have you together. ever driven a Beamer other than your daddy's? Um, my dad has never had a. He had BMW bike motorcycles actually, but I never well, drove those. See, there's the difference between me and Nick. We worked to buy our Beamers when I was when I was single. I had two Beamers. You get your daddy's Beamer, and you go to the Oyster Rose, <laughs> and you have your Patagonia shirts. That's the difference. Oh, I have a, wait, this is a fascinating dichotomy, by the way. Did everyone catch the fact that Will said that his dad drives motorcycles? And Will is probably the farthest person from anyone I've ever met that would get on a motorcycle. Yeah, but, no, but he fits before, in the yeah. sidecar. He's got the perfect <laughs> – right. he's got the perfect no, loafers to uh, ride the sidecar. No, the furthest person to get on a motorcycle is me because I won't get on one. I would yeah. never get on one. It was a more of a midlife thing with the the the, the motorcycle. Um, I've got. Am a, I the only person on this conversation who has never had a BMW? I've never had a BMW. I got, oh, a, right. I got an O seven. I got an O seven Yukon in the driveway, man. I'm a simple man with simple simple rim yeah, yeah. taste. I'm with you. Uh, let's get to. I'm a simple man with no points in this picks contest. Zero because I went O for four as That's dogs do. all covered. Pathetic. Uh, performance by me. Going to have to bounce back, and it's going to be tough because these lines are difficult. Let's start, guys, with the Saturday afternoon game. The no. first time. No? No, is that where we're starting? Let's start with the first game chronologically. Let's. I was it. just filibustering. That is the first game. I didn't remember what game it was. I was just filibustering to get there. Um, Falcons and Eagles, the first time in NFL history, Pete, that a number one seed since the playoffs expanded has been an underdog in their first playoff home game. The Eagles are catching three against your boy, Matt Ryan, and the Atlanta Falcons. But it's it's not so much about Matt Ryan and Julio Jones as it is about the Eagles. De- I mean, the, the uh, Falcons' defense. I think that defense is coming together. We thought that would happen much earlier this season, at least I did. All those young players that started in the Super Bowl, well, they've all grown up. Tack McKinley's starting to play. I th- And Nick, Nick Foles is atrocious. 
I mean, he yeah. is awful. So when you look at this game, I'm laying the points. I'm a little scared about it because everybody in the world likes the Falcons, but I will lay the points. Yes, yeah, I'm with you. I'd like it a little more at two and a half than three, but I'm still not scared at three. I'm not sure that it's going to be my lock of the week, but it's in contention. Uh, the Eagles, to me, are a team that needed to play last week. The, the worst case scenario for them is to have those two Foles debacles and then sit at home for a week and then watch an Atlanta team play some pretty damn good football and know that they're coming to see us. And Atlanta catches a break with the weather, too. If this game was played last weekend, it had been about one degree in Philadelphia. Now it's going to be about 50 on Saturday afternoon. Um, I think Atlanta makes short work of them. You know, I, this is a spot where I think generally I'd like to take the Philadelphia Eagles, a home underdog in the playoffs. Everyone's going to be backing the other side. But I don't think I can justify going against the Falcons here. And you guys tell me if you disagree. But I feel like the Falcons have got like a certain something about them right now. Beating the Panthers in week 17 in a win and in. Beating the Rams last week on the road in a game that I thought the Rams were going to win by double digits. It feels to me like the Falcons are going to go back to the Super Bowl. Now we'll see what happens with the Saints and Vikings. But I think this Falcons team is rolling right now. I think they've got that special something right now. And I fully expect the Falcons to go into Philly and win this game. That makes it a lay it or don't play it for yours truly. I don't like going against the home underdog in a playoff game, but I'm doing it. Give me the road team. Give me Pete's Atlanta Falcons. It, it really is. It's it's uh, The thing that bugs me the most is that it's every, the assumption that the Falcons are going to go in there and win. And I think that that's made the, the Eagles pretty mad. Um, you heard Lane Johnson say, look, we're not the Browns. You know, we're getting treated like the Browns. They have, they have the offensive linemen to run the ball. They have the, the big physical backs to establish the running game. They have a defense that can send wave after wave after wave of pass rusher. Um, Falcons offensive line a little banged up, but at the end of the day, I agree with you, Nick, in the sense that I think the Falcons, the Falcons look like the 2010 Packers a little bit. Is, am I, is that insane? Pete, is that is that reaching too far? Well, that, so. that Packers team had uh, exactly Aaron Rodgers throwing lasers all over the place. No, I don't. I don't see. Jason? Is that Jim? Did Jason just get put in a trash compactor? Like what just happened? I think make, what was I'm that? making an iced coffee. That was ice. <laughs> now I'm <laughs> opening the Nespresso like the gin, thing. The gin soundtrack. Like his, like his hand got caught in the garbage disposal. Or See now, now I'm pissed Jason. off at the people saying the sound isn't good enough. So now you, you want ambient sound? You want this to sound like a GD NPR recording or something? Then here you go. This How about is me Jason, making so coffee? Basically, he's covering for the fact that he's drinking at 11:30 in the morning. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, Ice oh, co- coffee oh, is cold oh, for hey, Jack hey. Daniels and Coke. Oh, 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 oh. This is this is either half and half. I'm swinging around or a bottle of gin. I don't know. You decide. Jason Dean Martin, Lock and Forum. I'm getting drunk at 11 a.m. Well, the like dog that. starts drinking at 11, and then if I get motivated, I usually join him around 12. By the <laughs> way, the, by the way, I know the dogs in your Twitter avatar, ugly dog. What's Jeez. that? Yeah. You said ugly dog? Did you just call a man's dog ugly? Like the dog is anything but ugly. You, exactly. You've now exposed yourself as, like, you're just a straight-up. I'm not a dog guy, and I don't think Jason's dog is ugly, but Will Brinson's dog is really ugly. No, 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 Dude, no, no Nobody Will has Brinson's... ever not said my dog is super cute. I mean, it's really, it's not is even it, like up for debate. Is it a pug? It's a pug, dachshund mix. Yeah, he's well, cute. that's what we came to find out. I hate pugs. He doesn't, he's not a straight up pug. pug. He's cuter than a pug. 
Yes, and, and, and Brinson's dog looks like something I'm, created. I've right. never been more happy than right now that my dog crapped all over that jersey. I'm so glad we made that bet now that you're going to come out here and try to say that my dog is not cute. Call my dog ugly. Yeah, where, where's the picture? There's pictures of him all over the place. What do you mean? The pictures of, of, of the, the, of the jersey. Yeah. i got to get off my daughter's phone. I keep forgetting. It's, it's a picture of that you, you're really dying to see dog feces on top of your freaking Sanchez yes. jersey. You're dying to see it. I am. It's okay. I, it's okay because I, re, I replaced it with a Stanton jersey, so it's all good. Dude, what kind of okay. you got a, like a you got a Vitamix going on back there? What's happening? Make the pick, Brinson. Let's go. I got the Falcons. I think the uh, I think the Falcons will take care of business. I am worried that sixty six percent of the money is on the Falcons. The line, the over under has come down from forty three and a half to forty one. Does anybody have? A particular. Remember, we have a lot of degenerates. Um, I would lean to the. I would lean to the under. But but here's the thing, though. I feel like if you like the under, then like you should probably like Philly. Yeah. Why the better? This why is, the better defense you know is in Atlanta. This is honestly, it's a really tough game. I don't know if I'm actually going to bet on the game. I may wait till the second half because I really like Atlanta, but I feel like the smarter actual play on the game gambling-wise is maybe to buy it up if it's three, buy it up to plus three and a half and take the Eagles with the points. But So I don't think I'm going to bet on the game straight up. I'll probably wait until the second half and see uh, and see what the situation is then. I have some two and a half units pending. Uh, see, I like that. See, I like Atlanta at minus two and a half. I like Philly at plus three and a half. If the game's at three, I don't really, I don't, I'm not betting on it either. It way. could be a closer game than people think. And the weather, the weather will be interesting to watch. Uh, the Saturday night game, Titans at the Patriots. This game is a 13 and a half point spread. Pretty substantial. Nobody thought the Titans would win, Pete. And here they are. Your boy, well, Mike. I did. Former How do you Jay- like me now? Uh, look, I'm taking the Titans plus the 13. Loser. The, the, the Patriots. The Patriots are 31st against the run in yards per attempt. It's the same thing that showed up last week against Kansas City. The Chiefs were 26th. They will run the ball. They will keep Tom Brady off the field. The Patriots will win the game, but give me the points. I'm taking the points in this one. Jason. My turn? Sorry, eat the sandwich. Um. You what do you want? Wash it down with a jagged coke. I bet that's good. A nice bologna sandwich and jagged coke <laughs> at eleven thirty in the morning. It's called it's called the maroon. It's actually, you know what I did, and I don't usually do this, but I I, I ate the I used the butt end of the uh, of the of bread. bread. It's gross. Yeah. yeah, it's not that bad. <laughs> not that it's bad. Cause I wanted to say I gotta make <clears throat> excuse me lunches tomorrow. What kind of Lauren's out of town? I don't feel like buying more bread. So what if I make this work? sandwich now, I got to make sure I have enough bread still here to make two sandwiches for school lunches tomorrow. Chloe gets the hot lunch on Friday in case. What, you what, what kind of what kind of meat are you working with here? Meat and I'm cheese. just going with tuna. I mean, uh, not tuna, chicken salad. It's legit. Okay. Chicken salad on the butt. And it's iced coffee, Frisco. It's iced coffee. As far <laughs> as you know, it's iced coffee. Iced coffee and chicken salad. Like you could, let me yep. grab a barf bag. What's a winning your, combination. Uh, What's your, please, by, I hope you announce your lock of the week while chomping on that bad boy. What's your uh, what's your pick here? Um, I <laughs> Tom Brady. 
Brady and the besmirched New England Patriots. This is a body bag game. This is a, you think you can, you know us. You think this thing's over. You think we're all sitting around crying in our feelings because we didn't win the Patriot of the Year award or I didn't get enough gold stars or, you know, this guy didn't eat my protein shake the way I wanted. Dude, Tennessee Titans are not a playoff team. We all know that. New England Patriots are the ultimate NFL playoff team year in, year out. Tennessee knows they have no business playing this game. Tennessee's owners had to come out after their most meaningful win in decades and give a vote of confidence to the head coach. And even then, it was a mealy-mouth vote of confidence. This is a beatdown. This could be a 30-point loss. They won't call off the dogs, and Tennessee's not going to be able to run their way back from this deficit. Nick? Um, I'll say this about this game, and I, I thought about this. So if you like Tennessee to cover this spread, like Pete does, I think what you have to do is take Tennessee in the first half. I think that's a safer bet than Tennessee for the game if you like the Titans because if Tennessee goes down 21-3 in New England like it did in Kansas City last week, there is a 0.00% chance that Tennessee's coming back to win the game. It's not happening against New England. So it stands to reason that if Tennessee is going to cover this number, it's going to happen because they're up in the first half or the game is close in the first half. So if you like Tennessee, my recommendation would be as a, I would say, slightly above average gambler to take Tennessee in the first half and then wait to see what the spread is for the second half when it's at halftime. So I would not take Tennessee for the game because I have a fear that even if Tennessee keeps it close at the half, the Patriots are going to blow the doors off them because this Titans secondary is not very good. And I think Brady's just going to have an absolute field day. And I know Brady hasn't looked great recently, and Belichick's praising the Titans' edge rushers, but this is not exactly the 85 Bears defense in Tennessee. I think Brady's going to have all day to throw. And like Jason said, I think it is a body bag game. And it's less because of the Patriots being besmirched and more because of the gap between these two teams and, most importantly, the gap between these two head coaches. I don't love it, but I will take the Patriots and I will lay the points with New England because I think the Patriots are scoring 30-plus in this game. And you know what Bill Belichick's going to do. They are going to sell out to stop Derrick Henry. Can Marcus Mariota do it two weeks in a row? I'm not so sure. So I will I will lay it with New England. I got the Patriots, too. Road underdogs of 10 points or more are 10 and 15 against the spread in the divisional round since 1978. Road underdogs of 10 points or more are 4 and 9 against the spread since 1996. Shrinking the time frame there. Typically speaking, they don't do that well. Um, it's a lot of points. Don't get me wrong. But the thing for me is that when you take the Chiefs formula for getting up early on the Titans, intermediate passes, finding the tight end, utilizing yep. the tight end, the Patriots are just the Chiefs, but better. I mean, they have a, a, a just as dynamic a running back. Deion Lewis has been tremendous the last few weeks. Rob Gronkowski is a better version of Travis Kelsey. Tom Brady's a better version of Alex Smith. And I think that uh, the Tom Daniels won't curl up in the fetal position and die exactly. when he has an 18 point lead at home. Exactly. And and when you look at the, the Chiefs, I think they ranked either uh, they were top they were definitely top 10 in yards per drive and points per drive. Patriots are number one. Patriots don't turn the ball over. They move the ball with short intermediate passes. And that's the Titans' biggest weakness. And you're right. Like the, the Chiefs let the Titans run to come back. It's really hard to run to come back in any game. And I don't think the, the Patriots will do the same thing. They won't let their foot off the gas. I like the Patriots in this spot. I am concerned, of course, that all the money's on the Patriots and that the line is begging you to take New England at 13 and a half. Pete, what do you think about your. Wait, 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 wait real quick. Can I toss something out there quick? One last thing on this game. 
Does anyone have a fear out of the three people, me, Jason, and Will, that took New England, that I'm expecting Belichick to sell out to stop Derrick Henry, obviously. Mariota showed me a lot last week. I know we had this conversation the other day, Jason's killing Mariota. I thought Mariota played really well. Like, like, like this. Yeah, 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 you kind of killed him. I'm, I'm a little nervous that Mariota is going to have a game and that he's going to single-handedly keep the Titans in it. Is that a concern for anybody or no? No. <laughs> Dude, he, had more picks than, he had more picks than touchdowns this year. That's a good point. They're not going to let Delaney Walker beat him. And I don't believe in the rookie. And Eric Decker is just a guy at this stage of his career. I'm not buying it. Jaguars at Steelers. Also, watch the double A gap blitz. Everybody talks Tennessee's O line, O line, O line, O line. It's a donut. They got tackles. It's a little soft in the middle, though. Watch, watch that. And when they collapse the pocket from within, yeah, because they're so good on defense. Watch, they're so good we'll on defense in New England. Go look at them the last eight weeks, dude. They're thirty first against the run in yards per attempt. You can't fix that overnight. We'll see. The line's suspicious. It's not 14 and a half is suspicious. Not a suspicious line. Steelers, minus seven. It was seven and a half. It's moved down to seven, but you're still, it's like minus 115 at this point. So you're still paying a pretty hefty price to get the Steelers at minus seven. Pete, what are your thoughts on the Jaguars attempt to win a second game in Heinz Field this year? They're not winning the game, but they're going to cover that number. They will cover that number. That defense is, uh, elite. Okay. And, I still think there's some concerns on that defense, one being do they have that guy put his hand on the ground and go get a sack in, the, in crunch time. I don't think they have that guy, but they have a lot of guys. And that's secondary. I watched the tape of the first game yesterday, and they did some weird things in that game, which they got away with. I, I, personally, I would, and I told these guys that, I would play Boye and, and Ramsey up in press coverage more than they did. But I think they'll, they'll – look, Antonio Brown had a bunch of catches in that game. He, he had a good day. You're not going to stop him, and you know how healthy is he is the question. I think this will be more of a Bell game. Uh, Bell will run the ball. It'll be a closer game. I think Jacksonville's, believe it or not, from what I'm hearing, they're going to throw the ball more. And you guys will laugh at that, but that's Good. not laughable. They need to throw the ball more. The kid is awful when he put, gets put in obvious passing situations. He's much better on first down. If you look at his numbers, I think Bortles will be better on first down in this game. If they play the exact same way they played last week against Buffalo, they get blown out of the building, which is why they won't. It'll be a closer game. Pittsburgh will win and move on, but I'll take the seven. Oh, I I, I feel better than my pick than ever. You <laughs> you're being Steelers, in their you building. You love the Steelers. You got Steelers. And you're, you're now you're, telling me you're in the building, and now you're telling me they're going to throw more. That that great because they <laughs> they they didn't let that guy throw on third down the entire second half. But they knew they didn't need to. No, 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 because third and twelve should have been picked, and third and five in the first half should have been picked, and third and two. Either would it should, was going to be picked or was going to go straight to the dandelions like it did. No, it's because homeboy don't want it. It's he, he, he's out of his depth. And they're going to let him sling it around. Great. I feel even better. I, I wish I wouldn't have already gone with my my. I love you know my Scandinavian death metal. You could change it. No, nah, I'm not going to change it. Just, I don't you know what? Change I, it. I, I want you to change do it. I, I, I agree that Jason should be able to change it mostly yeah. because I want to hear him do the love again. Yeah, I want you to change it. I want you to change it to that game. Yo, no, Jason, no, no, Jason, I'm not changing Jason, it despite Jason, you people. Jason, You're not going to browbeat me into what I want to do. No, Jason, no, this is what we want. No, we want you to, to be, take a sip of your, of your Jack and Coke, 
Put some hair on your chest before you shave it. Be a man and go head-to-head with Prisco on his beloved no, I'm not disrespecting the sanctity of the Scandinavian Death Metal Lock of the Week. It's been, it's, <laughs> it's been recorded. It's been done. I can't, I can't flip-flop. I'm not a flippy flip-flopper like all these politicians. But I will say this. Pittsburgh's going to beat the snot okay. out of them. If Jacksonville doesn't try to play ball control and bleed the clock, that's the only way they have to stay close. You cannot win this time of year without a quarterback. Pittsburgh off the bye. Jacksonville played a physical game. They struggled with the Buffalo Bills. If they had let that kid keep throwing the ball, I got news for you. They wouldn't have won the game. The only reason they won the game is because he ran for more yards than he threw. I mean, like, we are all watching the same sport, right? We all saw what happened. They literally took the ball out of his hands in the second half. No, he took the ball out of his hands. Those were actually pass plays that were called. I hate to tell you that. Oh, because no, no, the quarterback want, has no right. confidence in him. They didn't want him to do it, or he didn't want to do it. He knew in his heart of hearts. Go watch the first half of that game. He was dying to throw three picks in the first half. I he mean, wasn't the worst quarterback believe, on the field that day. If you want to believe that, that he did all that on his own, that's fine. Yes, he was. No, he was. He, he no, was he worse than Tyrod. Yes, he was. And no, Tyrod wasn't good, was but Tyrod was better. Tyrod was bad, too, but Tyrod was better. So, yeah, give me the Steelers, and they'll win by double digits. You know, guys. Steelers, in my opinion, are the team of destiny. I think this is your eventual Super Bowl champion. I think they're going to go into New England next week, and I think they're going to beat the Patriots, and I think they will beat whomever the NFC representative is coming up in Super Bowl 52. Now, the only thing that I think Pittsburgh needs in order to cover this game as a seven-point favorite is to score 13 points, and I think they can do it because I see no way that the Jaguars are – you know what? I'll give Jacksonville – No, there's a way they do it. It's five picks like Ben threw in the first game. I mean, short of happening. that, Jacksonville's not scoring that in the double digits. It's not happening. No, it's not happening. Give the ball to Le'Veon Bell. That's how you can mash this Jaguars defense into submission. And I don't think Blake Bortles is going to be able to keep up. Pittsburgh's a team of destiny. Jacksonville's a team with a shaky quarterback. Pittsburgh's playing at home. If you can get, if it's at seven, what I would do is buy this down to six and a half, and I would take the Steelers with confidence here. I don't think it's going to be 41-7. I'm not saying it's going to be that. But I think this game has got 24-7 Steelers written all over it. Maybe 23-13 at most for Jacksonville. So I do like Pittsburgh. Uh, Only three times in the history of the expanded playoffs has a team scored 10 points and won a wild card game. The 1991 Chiefs, the 2015 Seahawks in the Blair Walsh game, and the 2017 Jacksonville Jaguars in that unbelievably devastating wind tunnel that was Jacksonville on Saturday afternoon or Sunday afternoon. You could barely throw the ball there. It was so brutal. Apparently, I mean, unbe- yeah, right? How could, Bortles, mile an hour wins. how could Bortles even stand up in that hurricane? Um, <laughs> both of the Who team- are you mocking with that, by the way? Blake Bortles, really. Okay. Yeah. Um, I would never, no, don't even think of accusing me of anybody <laughs> else. Um, don't you mess with the franchise, son. Yeah, hey, buddy. Yeah. Um, we'll never get him. We'll never get him on the pick six if you right. mock him. Pick six. Where is he? Uh, both of those teams failed to cover the spread the following weekend. And if you look at those games, the Chiefs got blasted by the Bills, the K-Gun Bills, 37-14 as 10.5-point underdogs. And the Seahawks in 2015 went into Carolina and were down 31 nothing at half to the Panthers. Lost 31-28, right? 31-24, but they didn't cover the two-and-a-half-point spread. Um, 
I think that this is it. And, and it, it, this is the fascinating thing. All three of the teams that they played were the number three team by offensive DVOA. So the Steelers ranked the same thing as the Panthers, same thing as the Bills. It is a similar matchup in that regard. I get that Jacksonville's defense is very good, of course. Um, so it was the Seahawks defense. Let's not forget about that team. And the, and the uh, Chiefs were actually uh, pretty good too, ninth in, in defensive ranking. I think it just it follows a trend, and I think the Steelers are going to absolutely blast the Jaguars. I got the Steelers as my best bet this week. Pete, that leaves you with, by the way, this line is crazy. It's already moved up to five. The Saints getting five points in Minnesota against Case Keenum and the Vikings in Case Keenum's first start, Pete. Yeah, I don't – this line looks fishy to me. Maybe I'm the fish. Maybe I'm the fish because I'm biting. Uh, I think you (laughs) – at some point – you're always Case, the fish, by the way. Case Keenum's got to – the clock's got to strike zero uh, – midnight on the guy. He's got to have a – it's got to run out. I mean, I love the kid. I love the way he's played. But isn't he due for a bad game? And I think that might be here. I, I do worry about that the Vikings defense is is, is very good and that the Saints – but the last time they played, they, you know who the leading rusher was for the Saints last night? Adrian Peterson tied Alvin Kamara. He's not even there anymore. The last time they played, Bradford and Dalvin Cook were in the backfield. They're not there anymore. Different teams – I think the Saints are better on defense. I think they win the game outright. Give me the five points. Yeah, I think this is the game of the weekend. It certainly, to me, has the most the most intrigue. Um, and look, this is a, this could have been, you know, if this was the NFC Championship game, I don't think anybody would be asking for their money back. I think they'd say that's valuable. Um, I like I like New Orleans here too. They're a dome team. They get to play in that dome. Um, I don't think Keenum's going to fall apart or anything like that. Uh, and I don't even know that New Orleans, I don't even know that I really like New Orleans to win the game, but five, if you're giving me five, I'm going to take it. New Orleans has got to find a way to run the ball better than they did last week. They're, they're not going to win the way they beat Carolina. And even that, I mean, that was pretty slim. I mean, if Mike Adams just knocks that ball down, um, we're maybe not even talking about, about uh, New Orleans at all right now. But it is Drew Brees. They've got talent, and I think they keep. I think this is a close game. You know, I don't have a super strong feeling as to who's going to win it, but I'm just angling at it. Like, hey, I think it's closer than five points. I don't like the fact. I don't like the fact that we're picking this game right now, and with the spread being five, because I think it'll come down a little bit as we get closer to Sunday. Going um, up half in the last 24 hours. I, I know, but like, there's no way this line. I, I don't think it's going to close at five. I think it might close at four for Minnesota. I don't know if it'll be five. Um, I really don't like to do it, but I'm going to lay it here with the Vikings because I think everyone is going to want to take the Saints here, right? Um, they're going to see that number. I think it's way 60, too big. Look, at, 64% of the bets on the like on the Saints. People are going to are going to look at the quarterback comparison, Breeze and Keenum, and want to be all over New Orleans. This Vikings defense is so damn good. The Vikings are playing at home. And I think the Vikings defense is going to hold down the Saints offense. And I think they're going to score enough points to win this game. I think the Vikings are going to win this game comfortably. Like, I think that that, that with, with five to six minutes left to go in the game, we are already – I think we're going to be disappointed that down the stretch of this game, it's not going to be closer. I'm going to take the Minnesota Vikings in that defense. I think they win. I think they go on to the NFC Championship game where we get a rematch from 1998 with the Minnesota Vikings hosting the Atlanta Falcons. It's worth noting. Chandler, where are you? Gary Anderson, where are you? That's right. Worth noting that uh, in these games, Tom Brady, 5 million playoff starts, Marcus Merida, 1, Ben Roethlisberger, I think 20, uh, Blake Bortles, 1. 
Drew Brees. Drew Brees only has 12 playoff starts. That's surprising. Really? I think it's got to be more than that. It's not. No, I mean, well, I mean, he never started a playoff game in San Diego, and the Saints had a number of years out of the playoffs. Right, the Saints have been <laughs> out of it for three years. It started with 12, and uh, Case Keenum, zero. He'll be starting his first playoff game. And, uh, of course, then you have Matt Ryan with nine playoff starts. Nick Foles had that one wild card start in, uh, in 20, the, after the 2013 season. So I'm going to go with experience here again. I'm going to take the Saints. I'm, I'm with Pete. It feels fishy. It is a bizarre number. Uh, but give me the team with the better quarterback that can match up against the Vikings offense. And, um, you know, look, I think that offense defensive matchup is going to be great, but five points is just too much. If I am taking it right now, I will take the five, but, but I mean, it's like a little spooky that all the bets are on New Orleans and the line is flying. I mean, is it? Is so, it I wonder if you could get some kind of crazy bet where, like, every game has more than a 10-point spread. It could end up just being, like, a, you could a do white it. Yeah, you, could you know do what it. I mean? Like, I, I, just, I have a feeling it could just end up being a really bad weekend of, like, non-competitive football. Yeah, you could do a teaser where... Wait, you just picked the Saints, right? You think the Saints I are going to... I did, but I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if that became... Like, I, I don't know. Sometimes I just feel like I, these trends emerge. And it's I don't think any game is going to be blowout the this week. None of them. See, I think they right all might not You're right about the week one. we got a lot of dogs. This week, a lot of big numbers again. Maybe it'll stay close. I hope so. This is a great weekend of football if we get it. You know who we should talk to about the divisional round two? I got something here. Um, you know, all four underdogs covered last weekend. I do. I picked all four like, favorites. Like that is like, I, I, that's why I, I kind of like the favorites here this weekend. And the last thing is when you, when you, when Jason, when you said four blowouts, like what do you consider a blowout? Is a blowout all like double 30? Digits. All at least 10, all, all see, two I, scores or more. 10 see, I think a, more. I think a blowout, I think like a real whitewashing, like, like, like well, I, think, I think a couple of them are going to be well, like the, over at halftime. Panther Saints could have been, well, but I mean, like Chiefs Titans was a blowout at halftime and then it was a great game and then Panther Saints. I, yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah. I, I got Steelers as my best bet. We got to wrap up here in a second. I got Steelers as my best bet. Uh, Jason has the Patriots. Nick, who do you have? Let Pete go first. Okay, Pete, who I'll do you say, I'll, Why do I have to go first? But I will. I'll, I'll take the Titans. Reasons. Titans? Ooh. Wow. You, the only, leave it to Prisco to make his best bet. The one team I think everyone could universally agree didn't even belong in the playoffs. No, okay. no, but like, I don't think it's a, I, I don't love my pick of the Patriots though. I don't think it's a terrible pick by Pete. These are tough lines. And you, and you have over 70% of the public's on New England. Like, it's scary to do it. I, I'm going to take New England, but I'm, I'm telling you right now, I'm not betting that game with my own money. I'm going to wait. I may take Tennessee in the first half to keep it close and then take New England in the second half and New England could still cover the game line. So we'll see how that turns out. So I'm, I'm not going to bet on that game. You know, I think the one game out of all of these that I will most like, the two Sunday games, I think, are, are more palatable from a betting perspective than the Saturday games. I like, I, I will probably bet on Minnesota, get that line a little bit closer to three, and I will bet on Pittsburgh. If it's at seven, I'm buying that down to, uh, to um, six and a half. Um, given the way the numbers are situated right now with Minnesota at five, we're locking in, and Pittsburgh at minus seven, I'll make my best bet the Steelers to beat the Jaguars by more than seven points. All right, you and I on the Steelers, Pete on the Titans, going head-to-head with Jason, who's got the Patriots. Good stuff. Let's throw it to Bill Cower, Coach Cower of the NFL, NFL and CBS analyst of the NFL Today with Jason. You can watch at 7.15 on Saturday night. Tune in again on Sunday afternoon at noon Eastern to check out the NFL Today leading up to the games on CBS. Thanks for listening. Subscribe on iTunes at Pick6Pod. All right, let's go talk to Coach Cower. All right, joining us back on the program, so successful the first time, so kind to take his time out. 
Coach Bill Cower. Coach, how you doing? Doing great, Will. Yourself? I am. I am doing excellent. We are. Uh, we're thawing out here across the uh, across the East Coast, but we got some chillier yes. weather coming soon in the divisional round. This is maybe the best weekend. If you're a real football junkie, this is arguably the best weekend of the year, right? You just get four, in theory, very high level football games being played. Um, you can really settle in and focus on the games. Do you feel uh, similarly about the divisional round weekend? Yeah, it's interesting because I think when you look at the wild card round, it's, you know, the, it, it's so you're looking at, you know, the teams that lost, um, it, and it's hard. You make the playoffs, the hopes are high, you lose, don't even win a game. But then the teams that won, you know, you now feel like you're almost on a roll. You beat a playoff team, you're going into another place. Um, in some cases, it's a, it's a rematch, a familiar foe. But more importantly is, you know, this team has been rested for a week, and yet you are still playing. So there's that element of, you know, you know, we can jump out early, you know, can we create a little bit of, I don't know if panic's the right word, but a little bit of unrest for that home team that you're coming into who's been sitting there for a week waiting to play a game. No, no, I think I think that's right, and it is for an underdog, and I think this definitely applies to the Jacksonville Jaguars who um, beat the Buffalo Bills in a game that I would not describe as uh, – well, you know what? It was, it was, I enjoyed it. I no, no, don't, don't go, don't go there, Will, because you're talking to a defensive minded head coach that went, that I loved that game. I thought it was a fantastic defensive game. Um, yes, they were one dimensional teams. The quarterback play was spotty at best. But at the same time, you had two teams and, you know, every, the tactical element of that game, really, it was, it was, every play was significant. Every, you know, every decision you made significant so i love the tactical element of that game no no and, and to be in all seriousness like my in-laws were here hanging out and the low scoring affair drove them out early around halftime so that was a bonus too i thought I, <laughs> I agree with you though i thought it was it was fascinating to watch especially how like on that to me and i wrote about this yesterday the fourth down situation on fourth and goal where right. doug barone had the uh intestinal fortitude to go for it and nathaniel hackett had the I mean, look, it took it took a lot to put that in Blake Bortles' hands and to let him throw, right? Given the game that he had, he had more rushing yards than he had passing yards. It, it, each, you're right, each play meant a ton, and you could see where, in certain situations, they're like, look, we're not going to risk anything here. We are going to play the field position game and understand and let our defense work. How much of that do you think will be at play in Pittsburgh versus Jacksonville, the rematch? Will it be as low scoring? Will it be as um possession intensive or or do you think we could see things open up a little bit more well i'd be surprised it gets opened up to too much more i think certainly when you look at the offense of the pittsburgh steelers it's a very explosive one particularly if they ever could get antonio brown back but you know they they even proved without him anyway early in that new england game this is still an offense to be reckoned with i think this is a different offense than the one you saw in week five against jacksonville and jacksonville is also evolved um you know i think the big, biggest biggest thing in this game is going to be you know the patience that uh that pittsburgh can have and also you know what kind of uh um approach does does jacksonville camp with, with blake Bortles? you know and do they come in there and recognize that you know they cannot be one-dimensional i thought they kind of played it close to the cup because you know, you're going against a buffalo team but this can be a game they're gonna to have to put some points up and you know, the points they got last time, a lot of it was based on the Leonard Fournette running and uh, and the pick sixes that Ben threw. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. I think early in this game, 
I think it's really important for Jacksonville to keep the game close. I don't think they can get into a high-scoring affair, get behind in this game, because that's not the makeup of their offense. And, again, for Pittsburgh, it's, you know, protecting the football. But don't get too cautious, because I think that's the thing that they, they got to be careful about is, um, you know, let Ben be Ben and, and just recognize he'll hopefully, from their standpoint, that he'll be smarter this time. The one thing I thought was a little underrated coming out of the, the Jaguars-Bills game um, was the spacing that LaShawn McCoy had to run. And I'm curious, do you think that Le'Veon Bell will find similar spacing? And do you think that Mike Tomlin and Todd Haley will come out of this and say, you know what, we – we don't, we don't, we are a high octane offense, but we are going to pound the ball with Le'Veon Bell and try and really draw their safeties in and try and make Jacksonville load up in the box to slow this guy down and then let Ben take shots. Um, I think typically the, the approach with Pittsburgh might be to throw first and then run, you know, throw to set up the run. But in this case, it seems to me that running to, to set up the pass might, might be more beneficial. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, again, it's the strategical approach you want to take. I think, again, from Pittsburgh's viewpoint, um, you know, they're going to they're going to run the ball. Le'Veon Bell is, is a good runner. And I think what you saw even with LaShawn McCoy last week, and even the check down, I think in the first game they played, I mean, Le'Veon Bell had 10, had 10 receptions. Um, so, uh, you know, they, they know what that's about. I think the first game that Pittsburgh played against Jacksonville, one of the key elements there was the inability of Pittsburgh to score in the red zone. They were 0 for 3 when they got down there. They had to kick field goals a couple, two times. Um, so, you know, that, that, that played a large factor, I think, and also the makeup of the score. And, and again, you know, Jacksonville, as we've seen, they're an opportunistic defense. They're a team that can run the football. And they want to kind of just play that kind of ugly, grinded out game. That's just who they are. And I think from Pittsburgh's viewpoint, is you know they if they you know don't beat themselves, they have uh, weapons and more balanced offense, obviously. And the quarterback play is, um, is is much better than what Jacksonville has. But the Jacksonville defense, again, if you if you like defense, you're looking at the top one, two of the top best defenses in the National Football League. One, two in sacks. Um, you know these are teams that are very good on third down. Um, these are teams that uh, Jacksonville has got, you know, second in the league in takeaways. So, you know, these are two of the better defenses right now. Even without a Ryan Shazier, uh, they still uh, – this is a very solid front seven that you have with the Pittsburgh Steelers. No, that's a good point. I think that the Steelers' defense may feel um, – and you pointed out the last time we talked that this is a pass-the-baton situation, but I think the Steelers' defense may feel a little disrespected in this game. Um, before we move on, I have to ask about the um, – on the NFL today – and everybody should be watching the NFL today. I think you get two chances this, this coming weekend in the divisional round. Um, yes. Just crush through a table, Bills Mafia style. Whose idea was that? <laughs> you know, you know, they uh, uh, it was brought to our attention in the uh, in the production meeting in the morning, which I wasn't unaware of this of, of the uh, the, the table routine. <laughs> so, um, you know, and as we were sitting there talking about picking the game, I just I said, you know, I just had a good feel being up in Buffalo. I was up there doing the. Uh, interviews and the, how excited the city was and you know the players felt confident i said you know i mean no one's given these guys a chance and yet i was up there and i'm, I'm kind of you know i'm i'd like the underdog i've always kind of like the underdog in the playoffs you know so um so i came in they go well you know if you're if you're gonna take buffalo then you, you need to break the, the table i go what and so they sort of showed me all the fully table i wasn't going to jump on it but uh um, yeah, it uh, just became. Uh, I guess it was kind of part of uh, what happens if you pick Buffalo in a uh, uh, in the pick segment. <laughs> yes, sir. And just to be clear, like that was that was not a prop. That was a a real folding table, correct? 
It was a real folding table. Yes, I think I'll get invoiced for that uh, later in the week. But uh, you know, sometimes sometimes that's a price you have to pay to to be a fan. That's right. Uh, and I'll tell you, if you get a chance, Google um, Bill's baby folding table. There's a. I don't know if you've seen this, but there's a guy who had a right in between the playoffs. His wife gave birth to his first child, and he wrapped him up in the swaddle, and he had a little Bill's hat on, and he created a fake. A fake tiny table, and he put the kid through the table. It's it's the mo- it's very bizarre. It's really cute. I, I would rest. Check I just hope I, I hope no one. I I just hope no one ever has got hurt doing it. It's a, you know, it, it, it it's fun to see these guys and how excited they get. They're rapid fans. I mean, they're they're just they're the best. Um, one of the best fan bases in the in the NFL. And it was just great to see the excitement. You're talking about a 17 year drought from the playoffs, and you just feel the excitement when I was up there in the city and. You know, so hopefully for them it's just the beginning, and you're excited for. Well, so it, um, you know, it was it was it was a game where you had two franchises that had not been in the playoffs for a very long period of time, go through that experience. Obviously, for Jacksonville, it continues again this week, but for Buffalo, hopefully it's a sign of the the good times to come. Yeah, and uh, elsewhere in the AFC East, a team that has had. Eh, not as much success over the last 17 years as the Bills. The New England Patriots are hosting another divisional yeah. game. Yeah, it's, you know, more or less same 17-year track. Do you think that, it, you know, as a coach, and I think Bill Belichick does this as well as anybody in terms of compartmentalizing um, the drama that's around and, and sort of utilizing it to motivate his team, how much of that report about turmoil within the Patriots is going to be a factor for this team mentally as they as they prepare to host the Titans? Yeah, I don't think it's if, it's if it's a factor in any way, it's going to keep them more focused on what their task is at hand. That you know, if anyone is able to, you know, use something to motivate them to prove something wrong, to prove people wrong, uh, New England is one of the better teams about doing that, and so is Bill. So, I think it will have absolutely no factor, and if anything, it would be a positive. I think heading into the playoffs. Do you think that Tennessee? And I know you said you love the underdog. It is tough. For, it, it is tough for me to envision a scenario. Um, where the Titans, what what is the scenario where the Titans go into New England and win? They're they're heavy underdogs. Well, yeah, they'd be, but you know the one thing I'll say about you know the thing I'll say about the Tennessee uh, is you know if you look at them from the standpoint of you know what's the best way to stop Tom Brady? Well, I think to keeping him off the field. And so what do you do? You run the football. And you're talking about a team that can run the football. And you're talking about a two-headed monster, really from Derrick Henry and Marcus Mariota as a running quarterback. We've seen him, you know, what he's been able to do and from that standpoint. And then the play action is Delaney Walker. So I think a big matchup to look up for there is going to be Patrick Chung against Delaney Walker. I mean, the outside receivers, um, you know, we Gilmore and, and uh, Butler, um, you know, they're, they're, they're good, but, you know, they're not going to be tested, I think, as much. This is a game for Tennessee that's going to be played in between the, uh, the numbers uh, with the running game, the play action game. And uh, and that's the best way to really keep you know, New England off the field. And I think Darrell Casey is a good inside rusher. It'll be a nice matchup there to see if they can work and get uh, Tom Brady off the spot. And I, you know, you're talking about uh, a team that offensively the one of the best in the National Football League when you're in terms of yards, so many weapons. But I think the two things, if I'm going in there, is, uh, listen, two people I want to stop is Deion Lewis in the running game and uh, Rob Gronkowski. And I think that's those those are the guys that you have to be ready to stop. I think that's the game plan that Dick LeBeau was to have going in. And we've seen tight man-to-man be a little bit a part of what people are trying to do to give uh, Tom some indecision and, you know, and, and some different looks. I think those are the things that right now we've seen Miami do it. We saw Pittsburgh do it. 
um, you know, two weeks in a row right there. And uh, so I think you're going to see a little bit of that from Dick LeBeau, but I think the biggest thing is you got to take away the big play action pass, but stop the run, but you got to stop that tight end because he's a matchup nightmare. You, uh, Tennessee's got a little bit of, uh, Pittsburgh Midwest going. I did not Midwest. I don't, I don't know what you, Pittsburgh South maybe. Um, yes. Were you, were you, uh, you, you've always been frank about this stuff, coach. So I, I don't, I, I would be curious to what you think about Mike Malarkey and the rumors that popped up before that playoff game. I mean, he, I thought he, I thought he did a great job saying, look, I, I don't, I don't appreciate being hung out to dry. Um, were you surprised that that was circulating when he's nine and seven with this tight team and, and making the playoffs? Yeah, I really was. I think Mike's done a really good job down there. I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, it's, it's an offense that's, you know, uh, built around a quarterback who's been, he's really, frankly, he's, he's been hurt a lot of the year. You know, he, you know, he, he had the hamstring and missed some, some games there. And, you know, uh, I think that, you know, they, they've done a good job defensively and, and with running back and then, you know, DeMarco Murray's out. So they've been leaning on Derrick Henry. And, and, uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think, <laughs> I think he doesn't get enough credit for what he did. And, you, you know, obviously down the stretch, he lost some tough games, some close games and, you know, lost to the Rams and, you know, and that, that was a, that was a, a tough loss. And, but at the same time, you know, they, they've been hard and they've been tough. And so it's a, it's a physical football team. That's the way he built it. Um, I know they need to continue to develop and I think they will, but that this is, this is their makeup. This is who they are right now. They're going to play good defense. They're going to play man to man. They're going to stop the run, make you beat them throwing, and they're going to run the football. They're going to give you different looks in running the football. You know, again, you're going to utilize the quarterback. They like the screen game. And then the, the play action with Delaney Walker. This is who they are. This is the makeup of who they are. So they'll continue to grow. Mike's a very good football coach. So uh, the fact is they're they're still playing. And, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're one of uh, 18 still playing. So, you know, they're doing pretty good. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, get you out of here on this. I am curious because for what feels like, a, a, a pretty good length of time you would go up here on the NFL today, which again, people can watch twice this weekend, uh, before the divisional yep. games, tune in, tune into that. And you would have to say, Hey, I'm not taking a job. John Gruden had to do the same thing for many years and he finally went back and took the Oakland Raiders job. How do you think John Gruden will fare coming out of what is literally almost a decade in, in the, in the announcing booth and going back to coaching? I think he'll do great. Honestly, I think when you watched his press conference yesterday, what you saw was the passion, the energy, the excitement of given the opportunity. Um, he's not making any guarantees, but John Gruden loves football. You know, he, he missed that grind and, and I get it. I understand it. Um, I don't have that, you know, that, you know, like he said, I, he was traded from the Raiders. He was, he was fired from Tampa Bay he has something to prove, you know, and, and honestly, I understand that element of it. So, um, you know, I, I was in one place for 15 years, left of my own volition. I understood it. And, you know, at the same time, if that energy and passion came back, then, you know, then that you'd have to explore it. But I, I'm very happy with my job, with where I am um, at CBS and um, very, you know, happy to have the balance I have in my life. But I know for John, I think he'll do fine. I mean, again, I think he'll do really well. I mean, I think he, has stayed in the game. Um, I think he's, you know, obviously is still over the, the draft, but I think as he said yesterday, the most important thing is putting together a good staff. And I think he feels like he's done that. He'll be involved with play calling. So he's missed that. And so, you know, I think, you know, again, give him time. Um, he's a good football coach. It's great to see him back in the league. He's, uh, uh, he's a personality on the sideline. We all enjoy that. And um, you just like to see him. He looks excited. He looks uh, very happy and I'm happy for him. 
Well, I, I wasn't trying to ask, but I'm glad that we got the official uh, 2018. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got that. Uh, coach, no, I, I, I agree. I agree with you. I think, I think, I think he is that, that Raiders thing. My favorite line that he has, he goes, listen, man, I hadn't changed a whole lot since 1998. I'm not a deep philosophical guy. <laughs> he's just, he's exactly. just, exactly. To- yeah, he's a, he's a football guy through and through. Um, I think anyone that knows him and I know him well, that's who he is. And, you know, like I said, I mean, you know, you have to, there's a lot of commitment that he makes to do something like that. Family first. He discussed that with his family and, and, uh, he's ready to jump back in both feet. And, uh, I get it. I understand it and then wish him nothing but the best. Awesome. Coach, uh, thanks again for joining us for the second time in the last couple of weeks. Steelers, Jaguars, Patriots, Titans. Check out the NFL today before you can see Coach Cower, uh, our buddy Jason Lockenfora, of course, and the gang, all the guys doing a tremendous job in the NFL today. We really appreciate it, Coach. Looking forward to a great weekend of football. Thanks, Will.